You are now listening to Failing Ads Up with your co-hosts, George Jr. Ibarra and Antonio Romero. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of the Filling Ads Up Podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Romero, and alongside with me, as always, I got... Junior Ibarra. What's hey, up? Hey, <laughs> not much, man. I'm excited today for this episode. What about you? Uh, yeah, super excited. It's always, you know, I always get excited to meet new people. <laughs> and yeah. Because people, I just think people are awesome, and, and I love, like, the storytelling aspect of it, all right? So I'm super excited because I don't know much about this industry we're about to talk about, so I'm, like, really excited to learn more about it. Yeah, I, I've gotten to know this guest uh, fairly well, so, you know, I've known her for s- quite some time now. Um, so it's just when, when I knew we were creating this podcast, she was right there, one of the first persons in line that I knew we wanted or I wanted to get on the show just because of this industry. You know, I feel like there's so many people that are interested in it, but they don't really know how to kickstart their journey uh, or, you know, tap into other resources of being able to actually get into that type of industry. Well, that's the thing, right? And that kind of ties along with uh, this podcast and, and what it's all about, right? Sometimes it's, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes it's the fear of the unknown of the fear of failure, which is what stops you. But sometimes it just takes listening to someone who did it mm-hmm. and to inspire you to take that first step, right? And so that's how it was with, you know, me in real estate and entrepreneurship, just seeing someone else do it. And, and that kind of like, took that little bit of fear, put it aside, take one step forward, and, and you take another step forward, one step at a time, you know, so. Yeah, and this is definitely, our guest today is a great person to hear of, you know, her story, because we'll just put it this way, I know she had lots of sacrifices, especially, you know, moving around and things like that, which you'll hear about here in, in the, the show later, uh, so I know I've gotten some really great nuggets from her, uh, so I'm just excited to to get things rolling. Well, let's do it, man. What? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the guest, and let's get her in on this. Yeah, absolutely. I might be butchering some of these, but um, our guest today, she was actually nominated for the Reeds Awards, which she'll kind of explain here a little bit more in detail of what that is, but essentially it's uh, nominated for some political ads, which she'll, like I said, touch a little bit more on. And she was also um, a winner for the One Voice Awards in the category of the female imaging uh, promo promo <laughs> <laughs> there we go sorry i, I didn't want to butcher it so um with that said today we got jessica trinidad or should i say jessica <laughs> hey. thank you thank you thank you so much for having me i'm excited i'm excited so i i opened it up there what is jessica jessica uh is my i call it my stage name <laughs> Um, it's a, actually interesting. Uh, I, I'm a cat lover. I love uh, pets. I love animals um, and specifically cats. But I, interestingly, uh, interesting, uh, people think that I, you know, my name Just a Cat comes because of my love of cats. And actually, I was working at Home Depot right out of high school, and they ask you to write your name in your apron and then your, just your first initial for privacy reasons. And I just happened to write mine uh, my last name's Trinidad and I wrote uh, my the T right really close to my name mm. and there was a customer and he was like hmm Jessica I like that 
And I was like, oh, I want to use that one day. <laughs> <laughs> that, is I, that is so cool. Yeah. That T was, I can see it. Yeah, right. yeah it was like so close. It's just so, a cat. <laughs> so the part that that gets even better in junior, you, I'll tell you. So the funny part is she actually went viral on TikTok <laughs> because of a cat. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, it's so crazy. You kind of want to tell this, uh, that story a little bit? Yeah, we moved uh, last year to another home. And we have a cat. Well, now I have two cats, but we had a cat, and he just likes going. He's just kind of more an indoor outdoor cat. And he left us uh, for a week, and then we'd just come back, and then we'd leave for another week and come back. And then we went, when he came back, we had gotten a collar, so we put it on him. And then when he, he left again, and then he came back, and he came back with a little note taped to it. <laughs> And it was somebody that wrote, hey, uh, I come visit this lady every week. Uh, I, I, I might have a family. Tell me about me. <laughs> and then I just wrote back, and um, I posted that video on TikTok when he came, because we were so excited. We thought he had gotten in trouble somewhere. <laughs> somebody was telling us, <laughs> hey, your cat did this, or, or your cat, you know, just something. Um, and then we wrote that um, I, I posted that video, my son and I posted that video on TikTok and it just went viral, like within days at like four million views and we were getting calls for interviews for the cat. <laughs> oh, for the cat. <laughs> it, it just went crazy. You went on yeah. to, uh, was it Dodo? Yeah, yeah, they did a story. Uh, that I think I think it's a Dodo. Right? Yeah. I know yeah. it's a Dodo bird in yeah. the logo. I don't know yeah. the actual name of the, the company. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it just, and a lot of people just kind of stay tuned to the TikTok for just updates on Kelvin, <laughs> the Mexicat. <laughs> we it, named him the Mexicat. It's wow. just so ironic that your name ties into I it. I know. That. <laughs> That's so awesome. I haven't seen it, but now I'm going to go yeah. watch it. And we'll, we'll post the, the link to that that uh, that that video as well that yeah. when we post this episode. So that'll be yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, one of the cool things about that story is I remember – Oof, I want to say probably a solid like six to eight months prior to you posting those videos is we spoke, we talked personally about uh, TikTok and how it was changing the way and just, inf you know, being such an influential um, platform for, you know, this generation. And I remember you telling me specifically, you're like, I'm just, honestly, right now, I'm just studying it. I'm just watching everything, seeing how people, you know, what goes viral how to do things, how not to do things, how to reply back to, you know, my audience and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you went for a while there, you didn't post anything at all. And then you all of a sudden started posting and boom, right there, went viral. I was like, yeah. Jessica, how'd you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, that's one of the things that I, you know, I've been able to uh, be where I'm at in my career because of social media platforms. So I like to, you know, when the new one comes around, I like to study it and kind of see what, what the what you know what the audience are, is or what the trend is and that's kind of what happened with TikTok. Yeah, so I don't want to confuse the viewers here. So for everyone listening, Jessica or Jessica, um, what what type of industry are you in, and you know what are some of the projects that you're kind of working on, and then we can get into yeah. um, kind of where you started and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a voice actor and producer. Uh, I am bilingual. I do both English and Spanish. I specialize in uh, English with uh, just a, a very slight uh, hint uh, of, of uh, Spanish and Spanish neutral, either neutral Latin America 
which is kind of a, a just a take of Spanish where you can't tell where the person's from in Latin America, and uh, Mexican Spanish and a couple of uh, regionalism um, accents and uh, from Mexico. Uh, so I kind of uh, voice uh, all kinds of projects. I do anything from phone systems where the lady you know answers the phone and says to to uh, to reach Antonio. Press one. <laughs> hey, it's so cool to hear that. <laughs> um, and then I do, you know, radio commercials where I might be a mom um, or I might be a teacher, uh, just a variety of things. Uh, I also do a lot of e-learning projects where I'm the voice that's guiding you through through the e-learning. Uh, I do very limited amount of audiobooks. Uh, I'm dyslexic, so that t mm. tends to be a little bit of a challenge. Um, and uh, just anything in between, uh, anything that has to do with voice. Wow, just hearing you say all that stuff, I'm like, <laughs> it's so, like, interesting and so, like, there's so many avenues. Yeah. Like, you know, even, like, you talking about the different Spanish components, you know, I'm like, I didn't, you know, I obviously, you know, we speak Spanish, mm -hmm. and I'm like, she's totally right. Like, there's a totally different ways there's to speak Spanish, you know, yeah. and just, like, but you don't think about it, right? But it's the same thing in English, too. You have, you know, the Midwestern English, and you have Southern English, yeah. and, and all this. And obviously, in the Latin America, there's obviously tons of countries that speak Spanish. So yeah. it's a whole different world out there. And yeah. And it's cool that you can insert yourself in the different ones. Like, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Spanish is Spanglish sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, that's super cool. I want to hear more about this. So... Like, how did this all start? Well, tell us a little bit about, like, where you grew up, how you grew up, you know, um, and, like, if you grew up around here or where you were born and that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. So I was born in the state of Washington. Uh, my parents and are um, immigrants from Michoacan. Um, it, they literally got married, and the next day they moved uh, to uh, Washington. Wow. Uh, yeah, so. Um, Why Washington. Uh, they have a lot of family out there, okay. and uh, they were farmers, so that's all they knew how to do, and they worked at a farm and, and um, just labor, general mm -hmm. labor. Um, and so when I was three, we moved back to Michoacan, uh, and I lived in Michoacan, uh, Mexico, for 10 years. Uh, after that, we, uh, my mom and I decided to move back to the States. We moved to San Diego, and then from there we moved to L.A., and then a whole bunch of uh, areas in L.A., Campton. We lived a, a couple uh, months there, just all over L.A., uh, moved tons of uh, places. And then uh, when I was a teenager, we made the move out here to, to Iowa. So I, I know a little bit about your story in, in uh, L.A. How was your experience there? Because I know it wasn't maybe the best. It was tough, you know, um, LA, LA is tough. Uh, there's a lot, you know, what we could afford was, uh, you know, in, in the rough areas of, of LA. Um, you know, when I lived in Mexico, my mom used to tell me, you know, when we go back to the States, it's like a really cool place. And then we got to LA. San Diego was kind of like different because San Diego is kind of where the rich people go <laughs> go to retire and it's kind of a more polished, uh, you know, and the weather's amazing. Uh, but uh, getting to L.A. was like just a, a, a culture shock to me because it's, uh, you know, I really got to see a lot of a lot of poverty, a lot of crime, a lot of just the how different it is for Latinos and minorities 
versus, uh, you know, other people that are out there, you know, making it big like it shows in the movies. Um, being in school was rough, you know, because of the language, the culture, the change, and, you know, the pressure that you have from other, you know, people to, you know, I mean, it's all gang. Uh, when I was in the 90s, late 90s, it was, you know, a lot of gang activity. You were either in it or you're kind of like in the background. You know, it was just, it was uh, difficult. A uh, lot of poverty. Um, uh, I, you know, I can say that we experienced rough times in Mexico um, with my mom, but uh, L.A. was. I mean, my mom, my mom didn't qualify for food stamps because three more people in the house that we lived in uh, had food stamps. So they're like, you can't have them, which didn't make sense to me. Uh, we rented a living room. I mean, my mom couldn't even afford to rent a room. So we rented a living room. We literally just, you know, slept in the living room uh, and, you know, just kind of moved. And then we graduated to a room, which we thought was, that was great. We had our own room. <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, it was, it was rough. So was your mom a single parent? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. They uh, they got divorced uh, about um, a year after when we moved to Mexico. Yeah. So kind of we're on our own. And, and that's one of the reasons why she decided to move out here to the U.S. moving back was because uh, in the 90s for a single mother, it was, it was extremely tough in Mexico. Right. How did that make an impact on your life? Um. You know, it was it was t uh, tough. Uh, my dad went on to create uh, a, a whole nother family, so you know that was difficult. I was really close to him, um, and uh, you know, seeing my mom struggle uh, was difficult. But I think that it really um, it really helped me um, realize that you got to hustle and that you you know, I mean, if you hustle, you can make it happen and. And just, um, you know, it helped me realize at a young age um, how to, um, you really have to, you know, deal with life. And then, you know, it, it, it's not all pretty, but, you know, if you have the attitude, you can, you can make it pretty even if, if you're, <laughs> if you don't, if you only have a tomato and two tortillas to eat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's, hey, there's a quote right there. Hey, you can make it pretty if you have tortillas and a tomato. <laughs> there you go. I love, like. <laughs> the, the positivity around that yeah. you know so yeah the perseverance like you're you, you know that's kind of a word that, that sounds like if you persevere you can get to it yeah right? and so so how 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 did y'all go from los angeles to iowa yeah so um i um got married at a very very young age i uh, got together with my my uh, now husband and um, we were just kind of looking um, for uh, different opportunities. My mom's uh, boyfriend, my stepdad, um, he had some friends here in Perry, Iowa. And they invited him, and my mom came over with him. And she said, hey, Jessica, you know, I think that there's some opportunity out here. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not too crowded. There's, it, it's nice. Uh, she hadn't she hadn't seen the winter time yet. <laughs> and, that was a shock. <laughs> yes, and then uh, you know I was already living with uh, my boyfriend, and uh, you know we were planning on getting married, and so um, he had some um, opportunities in Vegas, and we decided between Vegas and Iowa, we'll just 
try it, Iowa. Because of family? Was it because of family? Yeah, I mean, I just, for me, it was like, I really don't know that I want to raise a family in Vegas because, you know, when I think Vegas, I'm nothing against Vegas people, but, you know, I think casinos and the nightlight and all of that, so, uh, nightlife. Uh, so, uh, we decided Iowa, and we just um, told the people that where we were renting, we were renting our, a garage. We had graduated from a room to a garage. <laughs> And uh, out in L.A., the people convert garages into little apartments. Uh, so that was like a, you know, if, if you live in a garage, you know, you're, you're, you're making it. You're, you're getting up there. <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> so uh, we gave notice uh, December of 99. And we were just kind of wait and see if the world wasn't going to end in 99. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the 2000, yeah. like the, the computer crisis, yeah. right? <laughs> and then we waited. We literally, like, just planned uh, January 2nd. Um, and then we made it past the, you know, the Y2K and the, and the world didn't end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm a little too young for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so. over here like, yeah, what's yeah, going on? Yeah. Yeah. You stick the, to your Pokemon. Or yes. <laughs> the, world was, the world was supposed to end yeah. in Y2K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean 2012? That's what I remember. No, 2000. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. 99 to 2000, man. You just didn't know. It was that extra zero. Yeah. Computers were supposed to crash. Yes. <laughs> they didn't know better. That would everybody was supposed to like just die. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so we packed everything in a truck that we owned, and we made the trip to Iowa in January uh, because we didn't know better. I mean, we didn't know that. I mean, once we hit Colorado, we were like, I was, I was wearing. Um, I was wearing slippers, uh, and oh, I was man. I got off the car, and I'm like, I can't feel my toes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it, and then from there, you know, it was like a rough trip, but then we made it here, uh, and then uh, my stepdad was waiting for us, or so we thought, and when we came uh, and we got here to Perry with my stepdad, um, he had been um, incarcerated because he was reported by somebody that he was using a face, fake social security card to work, which is, you know, the case for a lot of people. Uh, and um, he was in, in, in jail. So we had nobody to, you know, I mean, like, we, that was our person. Yeah. <laughs> so the lady that he knew was kind enough to let us live there for a couple months. And then, um, you know, we just kind of started working from there. I couldn't work anywhere because I was 17. So I started working at McDonald's. Um, and that was rough because Perry was, you know, it's a, it's a, a little town where uh, Latinos were just starting to be introduced into the community. So it was, uh, there was a couple of, um, you know, rough uh, patches there where, you know, some, some of the like really older ladies that didn't want me to serve them because I was Latina. And I mean, it was, it was hard. I, I don't, I didn't enjoy my, my stay in Perry. It was just a complete culture shock to me. Um, so we, um, just stayed there for a couple of years and then we moved, uh, to Clive and have been here in the Des Moines area ever since. So the, the, the cool thing too, you know, I landed in Perry, Iowa in okay. 92. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were like one of the very first yeah. Latino families there and, uh, yeah, definitely a culture shock from, I don't remember too much of it cause I was like three years old, but, uh, my parents telling me, you know, how, how difficult it was. And it's crazy now, though, because uh, more and more Latinos are realizing the Midwest is a is a good place to live, right? Yeah. And so 
I was in San Diego recently, and there's a large population of Latinos there in California. And, and yeah, you, you like, and I've been to L.A. here recently as well, and you kind of see that spectrum. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot wider. Like, by wide, I mean, like, you're either, like, kind of struggling or you're not, and the middle is very, yeah. there's not a big, big middle class, right? Yeah. Or at least that's what you see when you travel there. I could be completely wrong, and so for all our L.A. followers, give us a comment or whatnot, but that's kind of what you see, and then you get to the Midwest, and you start realizing, holy cow, a two-bedroom or three-bedroom house is not a million dollars. It's mm-hmm. 100000 <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and yes, it's less diverse, but over the years, I kind of, we start seeing now, now we can actually reflect back on Perry and Perry's like, what, 70% Latino. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like that word of mouth, right? I think eventually travels like, Hey, we came over here. It's freaking cold, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of opportunity. Right. And, uh, so it's cool to kind of hear your story because I, I, I relate to it, you know, and, and I hear like my parents talk about when they, you know, they were older than me and just the struggles, you know, being one of the first Latinos here in Iowa or Perry, Iowa, because they got the same comments like you don't belong here, you mm-hmm. know, kind of comments and things of that nature. But to take that and use it to persevere and continue to grow. So that's cool. So Clive, Iowa, then then what happened? Uh, you know, first, and, and I want to uh, kind of uh, mention, maybe we're all kind of related. We probably, the lady that knew my stepdad probably knows the people that knew yeah. your people. Yeah, right, for <laughs> real, for real. That's how, there's probably one, one ground zero person. Oh, yeah. What, I, what What's, I can't remember the exact saying, like, but it, we're like all two degrees away, you know, yeah. two degrees separation from all knowing each other, essentially, in the yeah. world, right? Or something yeah. like that. I can't remember something exactly. Something like that, but yeah. yeah. So what did, from Perry, what? Took you to Clive. Um, I could not live in that, you know, in in, in that Perry. Environment. Yeah, it was it was it was difficult. I was really struggling. I mean, I had it rough in L.A. and I just, you know, I'm like, if I'm really, you know, my goal was always to just uh, just be someone that I could be, you know, um, that I could be proud of and inspire my kids to do better. Just kind of break, you know, the cycle of you know, of our parents and, and just make a better, you know, create create generational wealth and, and, and not just in, in assets but education. And and so I just knew that Perry wasn't going to be the place where, where I was going to strive and, and just do that. Um, and so I really liked Clive. I, I kind of liked the, the vibe there. People were a little bit more, you know, open and there were more, you know, it just it resembled a bigger city. I've always lived in bigger cities when we lived in Mexico we lived in Morelia, which is the capital of Michoacan, and it was a huge, huge city. So Clive was just closer. It, I literally just knew how to get to Clive, and I was like, here, I just got to get out of there. <laughs> mm. So I rented an apartment and, and moved to Clive and started working. I, I was actually already working at Home Depot when when I lived in Perry, and I really just enjoyed when I, when I uh, would come to, to work uh, I just didn't want to leave, so I'm like, yeah, it's time. Um, so I uh, moved out here, started college, uh, and um, it just kind of, you know, started um, working and started my journey from there. Yeah. What would you go to college for? I went to college. I started for business administration, and then I became pre- pregnant with my f- uh, first son. 
I call him, it's my first offspring. I always call him that. <laughs> You're talking about Simon? Yeah, uh, no, Dante. Oh, Dante, yeah, okay. My first offspring is literally how I have it on my phone. Um, and then I just kind of stopped because I, was, I, was I had a lot of complications. Um, and then after that, I decided to go back for, um, I didn't like the structure of college. I have a lot of learning disabilities. So it's it's difficult um, when you have you know learning disabilities and the way the the educa educational system is just not built for people like me. So I knew that it wasn't really something that I was gonna be able to to do, uh, but I knew that you know I needed it to use a, use it as leverage for you know for whatever my career path was gonna be. So I decided to go back uh, to computer science. Um, you know, I figured you know it's in the technological, um, we're in the technological era, you know, it's got to be of use somewhere. Uh, so that's kind of what I graduated in college. I just uh, uh, decided just to go finish and just get a degree so that when my uh, son said, I want to go to college, I said, well, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Being dyslexic and having you and work so you can do it too. And um, I got an associate's degree in computer networking science. And sorry, where'd you say you went to college? Um, I ended up going to Veteran in the South Side. Uh, mm. I think it's a technical school. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I. So then, after after college, what did your life kind of look like? So after um, working at Home Depot, uh, I was looking for uh, just uh, more opportunities to be able to have a little bit more time with my son and kind of have just you know average, the nine to five life. Uh, and because I was bilingual or I'm bilingual, uh, and I kind of fell into a position where uh, it was HR related, and um, I liked it because I was able to help people out, uh, you know, with issues, with employment issues, or hire people, uh, and I just kind of fell into the HR world and um, just accidentally became an HR professional <laughs> without having, you know, the college degree. I was really good at it, and um, it was... I. You know, I did that for, for 10 years, but um, in the middle of that journey, I kind of just already knew that, you know, I always knew that voiceover is, or, or something with my voice is what I really, was going to be the end goal for me. So did you always have that, that interest of, like, voice acting, or did you not, like, maybe in your younger years, you didn't know what you could do with it, but like you mentioned, you knew you wanted to use your voice and be in an impact in some way? Yeah, so my uh, my dream, you know, we all have that little that dream as, as little kids. You know, there's always that little kid inside that had that dream. I wanted to be a singer. That that was like a really uh, a really like the uh, ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, like I just wanted to be a singer. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, because of my environment where I grew up, and you know, the neglect that I experienced as a child, and and just not having you know the support that was, I mean. That, was, that, that dream died. Um, but I always kind of had in the back of my mind, you know, there's maybe I you know, could be a reporter. I could do something with my voice. I always knew that I had the ability to, to manipulate my voice and, and, you know, make it sound uh, different, whether it was singing or impersonating some of the soap opera, uh, you know, stars or whatever. Um, so that's kind of what I, you know, I was like, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to do something with, with my voice. Did you ever, like, I'm curious, like, knowing that, did you ever, like, practice that stuff, like, to, like, hone those skills, or, or you just, you know, or you're, like, I can just turn it on and turn it off whenever I want, or, like, 
do you, what do you how do you practice one did you ever practice it and two how do you like practice it you know yeah so you know i had um you know some people might think that it, my childhood was kind of like lonely because i'm an only child for my mom and dad's par- um, marriage and so um you know my dad was gone and my mom was you know always working and hustling to try to you know uh make it work and and there were times where I would just skip school and um, in elementary and just stay home with my pets. I collected pets, like stray pets and hidden. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where would you I, hide them? I, in the roof. You know, in Mexico, people what? keep their, their dogs and pets in the roof. Yeah. What? Um, wow. And so I would feed them, like, you know, feed them. My, I think my mom kind of knew, but she just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just sit there and I would just... Uh, come home like some days I just it was rough and I just would stay home and just kind of you know watch the news all the I would do all the programming and um and uh the the tv my dad got me um one of those huge antennas in the 90s that like got cable like that got to reception I had channels from all over the world so I you know I would just knew all the programming from different you know countries and I would just sit there and kind of like practice English like I would just you know kind of make up like I would be speaking English or I would pretend to be a reporter and and my stray pets were my audience (laughs) yeah yeah so that's kind of how I started in the kind of and then impersonating some of the the Mexican um, soap opera like the really out there over the top uh, soap opera artist so how do you go from impersonating and having your pets be your audience (laughs) (laughs) to transitioning into that industry so because you were like so that was a a stepping stone but then you got in you got your degree then you went into hr professional and you like helping people and how how how's that leap happen like um, like where's that connection that eventually got you into doing what you like doing yeah so I remember I was driving to work one day and I was just really struggling uh, with um, with um, some some people that I managed uh, and uh, kind of like a, just a uh, they were kind of having a power struggle and it was just you know the whole the whole nine to five you know uh, atmosphere and and uh, the what it comes uh, with managing people. And I remember uh, just driving and saying, you know, I really, there's not, I I really can't be doing this much longer. (laughs) It's really uh, taking a toll on my mental health. Uh, And then I was like, you know, and then I listened, I was listening to the radio and I heard a a really nice commercial that I liked. I was like, you know what, I'm going to look up the term because I didn't even know the term for voice actors, you know, voiceover or voice actors. And I didn't know what that was. And, you know, in in, um, English, I used to always listen with my grandpa, uh, the soap operas in Mexico and how cool they were. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to look, I'm going to Google. And I literally, um, uh, in the next stoplight, I know I, you sh- don't do this. Don't, don't look at your phone and drive. <laughs> but I Googled, what is the people that do, uh, the commercials? What are, what's their role or something like that? And then voiceover started popping up. And then I started like researching, you know, uh, colleges or classes for voiceover, and um, there wasn't a lot. Um, and then I started to research on Facebook, kind of just like voiceover, and um, a couple of people in the industry popped up, and I started making connections with them. And then uh, I met my coach, 
that is now my coach. Uh, and I remember I messaged her because I, I saw that she posted a flyer on Facebook that she did uh, voiceover coaching in New York. And I messaged her and I said, hey, I'm interested in your, uh, I called her and I said, hey, I'm interested in your voiceover coaching classes. Uh, she said, oh, honey, do you realize I'm in New York? I said, oh, yeah, I know. And she said, well, have you ever been to New York? I said, no, but, you know, if you're willing to take me as a student, I'll, I'll you know, fly out I'll there. make it happen. Yeah, and I think she was kind of shocked. She's like, how is this little girl from Iowa going to come to New York? Yeah. <laughs> little does she know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm a hustler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know where I've yeah. been. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> She was like, yeah, I mean, I can, at that time, they weren't doing, you know, remote. It wasn't a thing, Zoom or Skype. I think Skype wasn't a thing. Uh, she's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll take you in, but I do, you know, four, four classes at a time, and, you know, they're in person. If you can make that happen, I'll, you know, I'll do that. And I said, sure. And, you know, one of my dreams was always, uh, you know, my bucket list was go to New York. So I was like, you know, bet. I mean, I... And I told my husband, hey, I got to go to New York. I have some training classes. <laughs> He's like, what? I have training. I have, I have training. I, have I, training. Go. I got to go to New York. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I um, uh, I uh, made the trip out there the first time. And um, I was, like, really afraid of flying. And I took the bus. And it was, like, really excruciating. It was really bad. I remember I, on my way back, I just... I book a flight and I've never taken a bus again, <laughs> but <laughs> I got there and we did some coaching and I just fell in love with it. I, it Rudy and Joan um, were my first coaches. They are now the founders of uh, what's considered now the uh, voiceover Grammys awards wow. and conference. Uh, which is something that my son and I nominated for an award this year. I know. I <laughs> wanted to talk about that because that that just happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just happened. So um, they're like super huge. You know, we kind of you know uh, grew uh, together. They grew into you know being able to be in that position, and I I grew as a as an artist with them. Um, uh, so the next time I went back there, they did my uh, my my vo very first uh, voiceover demo, and I uh, just kind of went from there. So how was how was that relationship with them? Did you always have that good like mentorship from them? That yeah, yeah, I have a really good connection with Joan. I admire Joan's work and their work ethic and their program and and what they put together. So I always. Um, keep going back to them uh, when it comes to, um, you know, referrals in the industry or I refer people to them or, you know, we're just, it's just a relationship that I've nurtured throughout the years and it's just really close to me. There's a, there's a lot of lessons and, and I want our followers to kind of capture here as they, as they self, you know, also reflect on, on the, on these journeys. And so I always like to point those out, you know, so you know, the, the fact that, sh like, Jess Cat like, Googled <laughs> how to get started, like, we live in that era where you can do that, right? Like, you, yeah. you, if you were, like, I am passionate about something and I want to learn the path, you can Google it, literally, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's up to you to Google it. That's step one. But step two is, like, actually take action, right? And that's one of the hardest things that people, you know, let's be honest, don't do, right? Yeah. So the fact that you went ahead and Googled it, 
found someone and then Facebooked it and then started looking for guidance, you know, that, that shows the kind of person you are as far as like taking it on <laughs> right? Yeah. and just taking the action and just not letting things get in your way. And so th- that's huge for all, for everyone out there. Like we live in that era where there's people out there that can teach you what, you, you know, what you want to get into. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is, again, picking up your pants and actually like taking a bus to New York or wherever that location is for you and willing to p- put in the time, the money yeah. and the energy. Right. To do yeah. it, because there's I have this. Um, what is it? It's like there's a lot of young people out there and or not just young, everyone who's like, I, I want you to teach me and, and just do it all for free, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, it's just the mindset's completely different. You're, like, you're, I'm willing to pay, I pay tons of money for coaching, mm-hmm. <laughs> like tons, yeah. knowing that it's worth it, right? Yeah. It has a value, right? As a value, right? The return on investment versus if I was getting it for free, it's a reason why it's free, right? Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like any thoughts around that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, paying for coaches, like you said, is not paying. You are investing in yourself. Yes, correct. And paying, you know, paying people who are at the top of their game is a – that's such a privilege that they're able to – that they're willing to do that and teach you. I mean, you can Google your way through anything. I mean, you can, but time is time is precious. And if you can pay someone what they're worth, what the you know what they said their worth is, and you can pay them, and they can teach you what they've already figured out works. It's I mean, it's 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 a privilege, and it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's a such a gift. Um, I always tell people that approach me, you know, how do you get started? coaching and don't be cheap pay for it you know Uh, I mean we all have to to really hustle and right now you might be in a position where you don't want to work but it's paying and invest it you know instead of spending it I mean we uh, here in the U.S. for us is really easy to spend money on stuff that is really not important yeah, you know, like Dogecoin or she <laughs> or it's but called gambling. But those are also investments now. <laughs> hey, they you know are. what you're doing. But that investment, like, I'm a big believer. Like, don't put five grand in Shiba and, you and Dogecoin. Like, the best investment, if you don't have, like, a 100000 or 500000 just chilling there. Yeah. Like, is invested in yourself because your return on investment and coaching yourself and where you want to go is going to come way the returns are going to be way better for you, not only monetarily, but just in life in general. If you invest that money in yourself versus gambling, because let's call it what it is, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen exactly. with any of those crypto coins or anything out there that's trending right now. Right. My mentor has always told me, if it's trending, it's already too late. Don't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you know, it opens the opportunity. You know, for whatever industry you want to be in, you know, you're coaching with people that are on top of the line. They see what you can do. They open doors for you, and and then you know, um, and they can be a reference for you to open a door. You know that I've had those situations happen. I o- I always pay and I always uh, coach and get my demos done with people that are at the top of their game in the industry, and I've had the uh, situations where I've wanted to get into an agency and they ask a referral from coaches, uh, and I have the referral from 
um, because I build and nurture those relationships and I have referrals from people that are at the top of the game and, and that weighs in. So it's an all around amazing investment. Going from coaching to loving it yeah. to then how'd you get your first gig? Like, like how long did it take you from going to New York and taking your first set of classes and telling your husband, I have to do this yeah. <laughs> to, so, to getting your first gig? So I don't remember how long it took. Um, I know I came back with my demo and I started submitting it. Um, and it takes a while, you know, just like any business to kind of build up. So, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. I just, but I feel like the, the audience is also going to have this question. So what do you mean by having a demo? So a demo is a uh, piece of audio that's produced by an engineer professionally, and it's a sample of your range of your voice. So basically you take script and you kind of mock what a commercial would sound like, and you do uh, small clips of different kinds to kind of show what your voice can produce. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you put that uh, in a in just a small audio, and that's what you send to people that could potentially hire you, like you know, producers, casting directors, marketing agencies, gotcha. agents. Uh, okay. So yeah. let's put you so right on the back. spot. Give us a demo. Oh, a demo. there we go. A demo. I would need something to read. Read this. Um, <laughs> if you have any real estate needs, reach out to ebarrealtygroup.com. Do you want me to sound like a person? So do you want me to sound like an announcer or a person that is talking to a friend? Let's do an announcer. Okay. If you have any real estate needs, make sure you make sure you contact uh, Ibarra Realty. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. That and goes then, to her sponsor. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then go and then do the friend one then. Yeah. Hey, if you have any real estate uh, needs, make sure you contact Ibarra Realty. They are amazing. The, the, the tone difference. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. I'm like, how is she going to do this? But yeah. you actually see the, yeah, hear the you, difference. You hear the difference. That's so cool. And that's, and that's what you train for. You know, I mean, everybody has a voice that can do voiceover. That is, I mean, unless you have like a really distinct speech impediment, um, you know, which could be, you know, an, an advantage if you work on it. But anybody can do voiceover. It's all about putting in the time to be able to do that, you know, to be able to be in a session where a producer says, now I want you to sound like you are hangover and constipated. And you <laughs> have to, in your mind, make that voice and think, okay, like, how am I supposed to sound like that, okay? <laughs> and do just you, make it happen, you know? Do you have any voices that are, like, just weird? Like, you're like, what the hell? I didn't even know I can do that. Um, I'm starting to do a lot of, um, uh, I'm starting to train for character voices. So I'm training for voices, uh, teenage boys and elderly women. I just, Ooh. I just did, um, <laughs> I just did a um, a commercial for a big market in LA, uh, and I was the like the dead uh, grandma for Dia de los Muertos. Oh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> can we hear an el elderly woman? And can you say, make sure you like and subscribe to Filling Ads Up. Make sure you you subscribe to this podcast okay mi people it's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome i don't i, I can never do that <laughs> the, on on like like Uncle ben. Uh, yeah Uncle like ben. that <laughs> so, how to start yeah how to start so that's yeah. so cool and then a teenager would say well make sure you subscribed okay make sure you sus like and subscribe the podcast okay <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm loving this 
This is awesome. Yeah. We so, gotta start hiring you for some yeah, sponsorships. Sweet. Yeah, we're already gonna do it. We're we're already gonna put you on the docket and hire <laughs> you and pay you what you're worth. So I love it. Um. So then you were mentioning kind of back to to that discussion. So you it took some time. You created that demo and then and then how did you land that that first like paid job? Yeah. So um, I kind of started looking everywhere. You know, uh, Google <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, and I Googled, you know, uh, hiring voice actors, and then I landed on Craigslist. And I actually got a, a, a lot of gigs there. Um, my very first one was this uh, producer in Texas, I think, that was looking for a Spanish voice uh, for a training video she did for a nursing home. So I, uh, she put a casting for Spanish voice. Uh, back then, there wasn't a lot of Spanish uh, voice actors uh, that were kind of doing freelance work. And so I contacted her, and she said, you know, I have this, I have 20 bucks, you want to do it? I said, sure. And that was my first gig. I voiced a training uh, video, super underpaid, but, you know, to me it was 20 bucks. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I proved uh, the concept. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you know, people are willing to pay 20 bucks for my voice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and... Um, um, I did that, and then she sent me a check, and and just kind of continued to look for gigs from there. So how was um because this is this is um conversation that we always have with all our guests, but how was your support system? You know, from your husband, from your mom. Yeah, you um my husband has always been supportive. Uh, my mom as well. You know, she's been there helping me with with you know my son um, that you know at that, ta- that at that time was uh, younger. So. Just, you know, taking care of my son when I wasn't there, when I traveled to New York or, um, you know, I had to go to um, a, an in-studio or, you know, have had to keep the household quiet for me to to record. So um, they've, they've both been, uh, both been uh, supportive. At any time did they say, Jessica, you're just crazy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had, I mean, I had uh, someone... Um, a friend actually tell me, you know, Jessica, you just, you just, just settle down and, and just have another kid. I mean, you already have a house, you have a husband, you, you bought your own house, just have another kid and settle down. What, what are you, why are you fixing a south side of the pot? Come on. Yeah. What are you pursuing? Yeah. Why are you chasing your dreams right yeah. now? Come on, Jessica. And, um, you know, I've always been uh, that person that, you know, if I really, my mind into it, you know, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> You're like, uh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, okay, cool. So you started getting paid, you had Craigslist and whatnot. Yeah. So how does that go, you know, maybe there's still uh, a market there within Craigslist, but maybe not, but like, how do you go from, you know, cer- those $20 gigs to the next level and to the next level? Like, tell us about your journey. How did this evolve into, to what you're doing now? So, um, it w- there was a lot of setbacks and a lot of, you know, uh, error and trial and learning. Um, there's a business part of it. You know, show business is a business at the end of the day. And I had to do a lot of learning when it comes to the business. I had to take a step back uh, and realize that at the end of the day, it was a business. I needed to strategize. I needed to plan I needed to create, uh, you know, budgets for marketing myself, uh, for training, uh, continuing to train always, always. Um, I am a lifelong uh, uh, student, 
and uh, just kind of looking and fine-tuning the business part of it and um, you know uh, building you know building my business took a lot of years uh, in 2014 I um, it was still very early uh, didn't have the business uh, aspect of it down so I said you know what uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, quit my job and my nine-to-five I had had it I was like I, I'm ready I have my demo I'm doing I'm getting gigs I'm doing great so I quit my job and then at that time uh, it was um, my actually my coach recently told me Jessica I didn't really think you were gonna make it in Iowa I just didn't because at that time you know you had to be in a major market w uh, which is you know Chicago uh, New York LA those were the major markets uh, markets where all the studios are and where the people are making it uh, and just me being me I'm like I'm gonna figure it out <laughs> and so I you know I decided okay I'm, I need to be in a major market Chicago is only a few hours away um, I can just go work and you know during the week and then come back to Iowa drive in the weekends and I'll be good um, so I uh, quit my job cash out my 401k and <laughs> and made the journey and um, it didn't work out and so I had to realize that that wasn't gonna work out and I drove uh, all my stuff back to to Iowa and I was at a point in my career where I needed to be available for if I was called for a job. Um, and in this in industry is very fast paced. You know, if, if a production house calls you and says, I need you to record this for me by two o'clock, you have to have it done by one o'clock. Um, or you lose the job and then <coughs> they'll probably never call you back because they're not available. So you have to be available. So I was at a point where I still wasn't making what my nine, nine to five was providing but I needed to be available and I couldn't have a nine to five. So I came back and I said, bet, okay, so I'll make myself available and then I'll compensate uh, with something else. And the only thing that I had available at that time that was flexible, that worked for me, was working uh, for uh, at the cleaning crew at the Iowa State Fair. So I cleaned bathrooms uh, <laughs> while uh, trying to you know, build up my clientele list for voiceover and I landed my very first national commercial, which is a huge deal in our industry because that means that your voice is, is um, it's commercial enough to where it's appealing to an audience, uh, you know, a national audience. So that's a huge thing, you know. Wow. Not a lot of people get that. Uh, it takes a long time to get to where your voice is marketable that way. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge for me. I mean, that was huge for me. It was an amazing paying job. A great opportunity uh, and I remember you know I remember I was cleaning bathrooms at the Iowa State Fair and I remember man I, get, I, I never thought this would happen you know I'm, I landed my very first national uh, uh, campaign and I'm scrubbing <laughs> poop from a toilet <laughs> man that's oh man that's so amazing like you you really went all in yeah cashed in the 401k going yeah. to scrub the bathroom toilets to really pursue that and that I mean, that's what it takes to it make your, your, your passion come to life, right? Yeah. So, man, that's awesome. So you landed that, that, that national gig, and then what? What happened? Like, how was it? Yeah, from there, so um, it was still, you know, uh, it's a great paycheck, but it takes a while to get to you, you know? And uh, so I had to, 
uh, just continue to work and reinvesting that in my business and um, and uh, build build continue to train continue to train with pro, uh, you know with uh, reputable coaches and just building uh, just at that point I knew that I had what it takes to be in the industry so I kind of went went all in and learning my business part of things and just really working on uh, you know building those business relationships with people and then. I just started building up and to the point where I'm, I'm busy with it uh, full-time now and have uh, all kinds of national campaigns under my belt now. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so what are some of the uh, like networks that you've worked with? Yeah, so I am an in-house talent for uh, Pandora, the radio uh, streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hire me to do commercials uh, in their platform. Um, uh, I've been with them for three years. They keep me busy. I do um, a lot of work with them. Uh, iHeartRadio, uh, I've been a year with them. I have um, tons of relationships with different studios all over the country. I have an agency in Spain, in the UK, in Mexico, uh, and I'm kind of working more the, uh, in Mexico uh, because there's a need for people that are able to speak English and Spanish in Mexico as well. Mm. And uh, just kind of expanding in, in Spain as well, because a lot of the productions that are played in Mexico are produced in Spain, okay. which is oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and uh, just, you know, kind of building from there, I've done several um, national campaigns. And recently I was hired to be the voice of Telemundo, the promo for the, uh, for, uh, the Hispanic Heritage Month. And I was the very first bilingual um, promo that they did since they merged into, uh, I think it's CNBC, they merged Telemundo. So I was their first uh, bilingual promo that they did. So we did English and Spanish for uh, the Latino Heritage Month. That's amazing. That's so amazing. And this kind of ties back. I want to kind of spit out some of these stats of what's happening in the market right now. Because I just left San Diego and it meshes with what you're with your comment about, you know, the bilingual piece of it all. Um, so I was in a conference here recently uh, in San Diego. You know, there's the National Association of Realtors and then there's the Na- the NAREP, which is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, yep. and they're a really big uh, association as well. But it, it wasn't really about real estate. Like we went and um, it was, you know in two languages, or majority of it English, but it was Latino-centered mm-hmm. uh, or Hispanic and whatnot. And uh, what I was, uh, it was a whole new world to me because, again, we're still in Des Moines, Iowa, so we don't get a glimpse of everything unless you're mm-hmm. really putting yourself out there, yeah. right? And so, but the CEO of Nike was there, the CEO of Disney. Um, Cheetos, the, Hot Cheetos, right? Yeah, the Hot Cheetos, you know, uh, brand, whatnot, um, the, like, uh, a very high level associate within Target, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, just a lot of these like big name brands, and they were saying, if you're not catering to the Latino market, you will be out of business in the next forty years, mm-hmm. because the the like they're like they were throwing all these statistics, um, you know, about Netflix and, and Disney themselves. They're like, yeah, the Latino U.S. cohort was essentially if you put if all the u.s latinos you put them and they were their own country in the u.s they make up 2.7 trillion Mm -hmm. of the gdp which if they were their own country 
they will actually be ranked number seven globally, even above France. Yeah. And so that means uh, a few things. Their buying power, their spending power is going skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Um, the population is growing. It, it makes up 18.7% of the U.S. population, so close to 19%. But they're actually exponentially growing just because I guess us Latinos have more babies than la- yeah. la- Latinas. <laughs> yeah. One in every four millennials is Latino. So why is that important in the business industry? Uh, it, they were saying it's be- because th- that's the consumer basis. Yeah. Is that's what it is. So that's where you're seeing more and more Netflix, you know, series that are mm-hmm. kind of catered to that culture because it's a different culture too, yeah. right? Um, that's why you see like the Disney CEO, he's like, that's why you literally saw Coco, one mm-hmm. of the most successful movies of, that Disney's ever made, so much so that we're going to create more. And there's a new one coming in December that'll be uh, in theaters. I think it's called Esperanza. And, and so all this stuff is just like the Latino community's growing. And now I'm hearing you saying the same thing, yeah. the demand for your voice mm-hmm. and from a national uh, level is increasing, it sounds like. Yeah. Are you looking for a new home here in the Des Moines area to kick back, relax, maybe watch some Netflix, then chill? You are. Well, why hire a real estate agent when you can hire a real estate team that has an exclusive VIP buyer program to get you into your new home? That's where Ibarra Realty Group at Keller Williams Greater Des Moines comes in. Learn more about it on their website at IbarraRealtyGroup.com. That's I-B-A-R-R-A Realty Group. Dot com. Again, learn more about the exclusive VIP buyer program at IbarraRealtyGroup.com. Oh, yeah. And, uh, can I touch on that topic as well? <clears throat> um, so I know there's there's actually this YouTuber. His name is Mr. Beast. I forget how many subscribers he has, but he's like, he's either the number one most subscribed or the second. Like, he's up there. And uh, he gets like millions and millions and millions of views on each video to the point where this guy a lot of people in that industry in that space of youtube and stuff they have they have said that he is just very he just thinks about business right at the end of the day and he's actually created a whole new separate youtube channel that's mr beast in espanol and he's talked about that how he's tapping into a whole new community that other youtubers aren't you know so he's staying on top of the game by gaining a whole new audience of just changing the language yeah that's i mean it's true so and and we're hearing it from her story so it's so cool so if you're out there i mean you know we have a lot you know we have we're we're latinos right like i'm latino entrepreneurs and not all of our followers are latinos but i know a, a large portion are and just to kind of show you that right now is your time if you are mm-hmm. to like take take hold of those reins you know like cash in your 401k maybe maybe not right <laughs> but scrub them toilets and do what you need yeah. to do to go after it right so now that you're at this level desk cat like what's next like uh, well well the other thing i wanted to make sure we don't forget to touch on is because i heard you two talking about it a little bit in the beginning was the you you got an award recently like tell us about that yeah so um the beginning of the year we were nominated so so let me back up a little bit okay. so i also produce okay. um and it's kind of going along you know uh, the need for for latino media one of the things that i specialize is in um 
targeting or or um, uh, creating a message and producing uh, content that is relatable to the Latino in the U.S. and uh, you know utilizing you know different tools, different um, uh, strategies. So I produce a lot of political uh, political ads, and so the our very first award was. Um, for a political ad that we did for a city councilman that was running here in Des Moines. And we were actually runner-ups with the Bernie campaign, which is a huge campaign that has years and years of experience in uh, LA uh, doing this type of stuff. So from Iowa, we were able to be runner-up with someone who's been doing this for years. Wow, to that's Yeah, so, um, and they won, uh, it's an honor, I mean, they. They're amazing, of course they won. Um, but to us, uh, you know, because I, I have a little team now of, of, of production, you know, and just it was just such an honor to be runner-ups uh, with them at this uh, national level. Um, we did end up uh, getting an award uh, for, uh, for my voice, uh, for the One Voice Awards, which is a, a national conference that does a, a resource conference and uh, awards. Uh, based in the UK, and then you do the a US and a UK, uh, and I won uh, one uh, best female uh, radio imaging promo uh, in English. I was actually in English, mm. uh, and it was a national, uh, a national wow. award. So what was the one? Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, congrats. Um, what was the one that was with Simon? So recently, uh, last uh, last week. Uh, we were nominated for the SOVAS Awards, which is the Society of Voiceover uh, and Arts. Um, and we were nominated for Best uh, PSA, Best, best uh, Spanish PSA uh, Radio. Uh, we did a piece uh, for uh, the Lead Awareness uh, that Tar, a local, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a local uh, news outlet. Uh, and we uh, voiced and produced, my, my five-year-old and I uh, voiced it and produced uh, the, the spot. So we were nominated for that at, at a national. Actually, that one is a world, uh, uh, worldwide. worldwide. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we're, uh, I was just looking at the nominees that, that are for the same award. And I remember used to watching this very famous soap opera in Mexico. And one of the artists that was the villain in that soap opera is nominated for the same award that Simon and I are nominated. Oh I was like, wow. oh my gosh, that is such an honor. <laughs> so, so when does that, when's that event? It's December 19th. So me and Junior are coming? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's so cool. New York, in, in New York. That's yeah. so awesome. What an honor to continue yeah. to, like, I, what, I, what I really love about getting to know you, it looks like you continue to build. Yes. And you continue to want to learn, and you, like you called yourself earlier, a lifelong learner. Yeah. Right? So I, that's going to continue to just grow your empire. Right? Yeah. So that's super cool. So what what's next for you? Like, what like what's your, what are you, your current projects right now that you're really excited about? And, like, what are you, what are you striving for for next year since we're literally around the, right around the corner? Right? Yeah. So I continue to, um, to uh, coach in um, – character voice so I want to do more of a uh, character voices and kind of get into those movies that Disney is doing uh, for the Latino community and I really want to uh, my goal is to start um, 
producing more, uh, kind of take more of the producer role of producing and giving opportunity to other people that want to do voiceover um, and kind of, you know, serve as a, as a guide and uh, take part in the production. I think it's time for, the la for us Latinos to take charge of how our narrative is told and there isn't a lot of producer Latinos, so one I would I think that's one of the things that I, that is my goal to to be able to have that seat as a producer and and help tell our nar narrative from our perspective. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, just continue to grow and and educate and inspire uh, you know our younger uh, our a younger generation, like you said, you know. We are uh, breeding machines, so <laughs> we have actually in Des Moines. I think we are Latino uh, kindergartens were like tripled in the last seven years. Yeah, I'm part of a local board, um, you know, that uh, uh, state studying, you know, the growth of the Latino population, mm -hmm. and I think uh, the last one of the stats they're not public yet, but they will be public here soon, so I can talk about them. But yeah, thirty-five percent of the Des Moines public school system is Latino. Yeah. So a super easy future stat to predict is that well, thirty-five percent of the Des Moines city yeah. will be Latino because they're gonna grow up and become adults. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, so it is growing uh, a lot, and uh, um, the I'm gonna share the I'm gonna send you all the stats from San Diego. Yeah. Because you're right. Like one of the narratives that I didn't even know, being Latino was, you know, that a lot of politicians don't know or just the community as a whole don't know um, was is that, you know, like, like I mentioned er earlier, one in every four millennials is Latino, right? Si I think it was 69%, don't quote me on this, so I'll, I'll, I'll also post these stats on our, in our podcast below uh, or, or the link, but 69% of the Latino population is U.S. born. Yeah. So a lot of, like, politicians or, or, or non uh, pe the people out there in general, the public, think that, oh, the Latinos are all immigrants crossing right. the border and right. here to work uh, in the fields, right? Yeah. And that's not the case anymore. Maybe it was at some point, you know, just like many of, of the, you know, the, the, the immigrants that came to this country, right? Mm -hmm. Like stemmed kind of from that, those avenues and were, you know, in the labor forces, but now we're going to be that next generation that are voice actors yeah. and entrepreneurs and real estate uh, builders and whatnot. So like, it's so cool to kind of see this is just the beginning yeah. of our generation here in the U.S. because the U.S. is home, right? Yeah. This is our home now. Like we, we represent it just like, be and, and we fight for it and, and this is our home. We're gonna invest back into it, into our communities because we want, this is our home and we want our every every family to, to continue to grow using those values that we really admire. And one of the things, you know, that I think people like about the Latino is, uh, the Latinos in general is the culture, right? Mm -hmm. The family ethics, yeah. the work ethic, and the food. We all like food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and to add, you know, to what you, uh, you know, when you spoke to your audience that are non-Latinos, you know, um, Google Translate isn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, really start budgeting and really start thinking about, uh, you know, um, hiring individuals and companies that specialize in, in the Latino community because it's truly an investment. You know, we are, like you mentioned, not just immigrants, uh, you know, looking to have a green card. You know, we are the kids or the grandkids of those immigrants, and we are, you know, educated. We are... 
uh, business uh, people, we, we are growing and, and um, we're, we're growing with you. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, uh, man, this, this has been so awesome. And so what, what are like, uh, let's, what are three pieces of advice? You know, and I'll let you think about it, but like what are three pieces of advice that you would give out to our followers out there, whether it's, you know, pursuing something similar in your industry or just in general, like if they're like afraid to make a move because, you know, it is scary, right? When you're taking that that step forward and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, I would say um, having confidence in yourself um, and visualizing yourself being successful. I am a firm believer in visualizing and just putting in the work. I mean, knowing that it will be rough, but then you, once you get past it and you start uh, really collecting and harvesting, you know, what you planted, uh, and it will be amazing, you know. Focus on planting seeds. You know, the beginning is planting seeds, and then the reward is harvesting. I love it. I love it. There you have it. And so if uh, for our followers out there, um, if they want to reach out to you or anyone out there that's listened that owns businesses and takes your advice, because I completely agree, if they're going to cater to the Latino culture, whether it's Latinos that speak English or Latinos that speak Spanish, um, and they want to, you know, use your services, like where can they go? Where can they follow you? Where, what are your social, you know, uh, streams that you have? Or, or how do they reach out to you? Yeah. So I am on, um, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Jessica uh, Productions on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as Jessica VoiceOver. Uh, and then jessicatproductions.com is my awesome. my website. And then I also own a company that does the production, uh, and that's Team Strong Inc. Awesome. We'll post those links below as well in this podcast. And again, like, man, this is such an, uh, just an awesome story. Again, a whole different industry I didn't know anything about. It's so cool to hear your story. So yeah, thank it's you. It's so awesome. And we're definitely going to be uh, coming to you for some upcoming voiceovers, you know, so we're excited to work with you. Antonio, you. what else we got? Well, yeah, I mean, we're excited to celebrate in New York with you, too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Antonio just wants to go to New York. Yeah, just wants to go to New York. Hey, I've been there That's once. Okay. I've been there once. It's a cool city. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, Junior spoke about it. It's, uh, it's just cool, and I know when Junior and I were coming up with this concept of this podcast, we did want to assure that we were being versatile in the guests that we were interviewing, right? And making sure that we are tapping into all these different types of industries. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of similar people like Junior and I that we're just constantly trying to learn and see how other markets are reacting to present time, right? Um, so we'll wrap it up from there. Just make sure you guys keep supporting. We don't, like we are seeing everything that you guys are are doing with the comments and liking and sharing our, our podcast. So Junior and I are really appreciative of that. We thank you all for just supporting the show. Um, make sure that you continue to, to listen to our podcast so you can, you know, hear about some very influential people in this world and uh, make sure you like and follow our page. Um, as always, we do have all our social media platforms like Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. So, Make sure you guys follow us there, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah, thank you, Jessica, again. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, yes, you for having you. me. Yep.
Thanks for tuning in with us on this episode of Failing Ads Up. Till next time.